And slowly, it just kind of started bringing in new things and new gifts and new ways to communicate and new ways to understand. And it also helped me to understand that I was stepping into a new role and I was energetically to help the students I was working with. So it created a different path for me. Hello, and welcome to the Intuitive Woman Podcast. My name is Tina Conroy. I am so grateful you are here. As a professional intuitive medium, Reiki master, and yoga teacher, my intention is to explore intuition so you can gain clarity, confidence, and trust in your inner wisdom. I honor your spiritual growth. Thank you for listening. This episode is brought to you by Virtual Crystals and Chakra Workshop, held Saturday, February 6th from 12 p.m. to 2 p.m. Eastern Time. Join me as we explore the seven main chakras and many crystals. I cannot wait to see you there. All the information will be below. Also, find me on Clubhouse. I'm having a great time on Clubhouse and I'm doing daily meditations at 8.30 a.m. Eastern Time. My handle on Clubhouse is at Intuitive Woman. Today on the podcast, it is my pleasure to speak with psychic medium Amy Descola. Amy and I found each other on Instagram and we found that we have many connections through friends and other mediums. Amy resides in Tampa and is a practicing psychic medium and healer. She hosts the Soul Tribes with her co-host, Dara Jewett, and it's a phenomenal show. I will leave all the information below. Amy goes on to share with us her origin story. She shares how she traveled around many places as a child, and she had many different homes. She shares how she came from a long lineage of psychic and medium and healers. And so it was very easy for her parents to guide her and accept and support her. She also shares that she had some difficulty. She shares some difficulty in depression and through that time noticed that when that would show up in her life, it was another spiritual awakening. I love this conversation with Amy. You can check her out below. Have a beautiful day. Hi, Amy. Welcome to the Intuitive Woman Podcast. Hi, Tina. I'm so happy to be here with you. I'm so happy to be here with you. And I love connecting with people. We found each other on Instagram, I believe. Yes? Yes, yes. And then we kind of figured out that we had like some mutual medium connections. So I guess it kind of makes sense, right? It does. I always say that nothing is ever, well, it's synchronistic, right? And I I even love the idea of coincidence because I think coincidence is actually a positive word. I I learned early on that it's coincide. So there's no coincidence or synchronicity that we met and we have people that we know through each other. And I love it. It's just a great connection. I love that too. And yeah, I'm so with the vibration of everything happens just as it should. So here we are together. How wonderful. Here we are. It's perfect. So let's... I. I'm just so excited to introduce you to my community. And I want to, I always ask my guests to take us back a little bit when you were a little girl, um, childhood, and then kind of up to where you are now. If you were brought up spiritual, religious, both, just bring us back uh, a bit into that time. So when I was little, I moved around a lot. I'm originally from uh, the New Jersey, Philadelphia area. And as a little girl, I lived in Freehold, New Jersey. And even as a child, and I found out later, Freehold was filled with a lot of energy. It was actually where they brought the Salem witches, like 
where they put them when they were, you know, cast out, whatever. There was also Revolutionary War stuff in Princeton. There was um, also the town next to us was where Holocaust survivors were. So I found out there was a bunch of energy, which kind of made sense why I was born into there. And of course, Bruce Springsteen is from Freehold. So we can't, <laughs> of course, we can't you can forget <laughs> the boss, all right? So I was brought into this place with a lot of energy. And in the house um, that I was born into, actually, my mother had a premonition and saw me and one of my childhood best friends five years before I was born in the house. So as they were touring the house, my mom said, okay, this is the one for us. So I have a very diverse family of psychics, of mediums, of all sorts of ancestral um, talents, if you will. And so as a child, my mother and father decided they would not put it on that I had the gift until I started showing signs. So I always had imaginary friends or I had um, very strong connections because later on we moved to London, England. And so I spent kindergarten and first grade in London, England. And I went to school in an old manor house and literally picture like Harry Potter, like my kindergarten classroom, we had to go up a, a spiral staircase up into my classroom. And I can remember feeling the energies and I can remember being a little nervous about the energies because um, our cafeteria was in the basement of this large kind of eerie manor house. So you can imagine what a basement would feel like to any normal human, let alone an energy sensitive five-year-old. So I would come home and I would tell my mom I couldn't eat because I would be so nervous while I was sitting there in the cafeteria because I started picking up on energies. And I didn't tell my mom that part, but she would start noticing like, when we were in castles and when we were in um, Stonehenge and all these different places and like in um, Ireland, in these caves, I would cling really close to her because I was starting to feel the vibrations and the energy of spirit around me. And it especially became stronger and stronger with all these, you know, really old entities and et cetera. So it was starting to become apparent to my family that I had the gift, but they didn't really bring it up or talk about it. So it seemed to kind of be at bay. Fast forward to 11 years old. And um, unfortunately, in my childhood, I had endured some traumas. So at 11 years old, they started to bubble up. And at 11 years old, I also realized I was starting to go through my spiritual awakening. And obviously, that's not something that's in the normal world. It's not something people are accustomed to, but I was blessed enough to be born into a family where they knew what to do. So it came out with um, some very... Uh, severe occurrences of depression. I'll just put it at that. And things were brought to the attention of my parents from the schools I was in, and I was starting to act out and this, this, this. So we found an amazing therapist and a therapist that was also open. And so I was very blessed that I always had the right people at the right place at exactly the right time. And just as we were talking about that, Nothing happens by coincidence, right? All these people were gifted to me by the universe to support my journey. Then I was about 12 years old and my mom was actually putting on an angel conference in Minneapolis with um, her dear friend. Um, at the time, her name was um, Sally Sharp, but now she has since changed her name. And they were putting on an angel conference. And for whatever reason, I was um, in the house and it was just me and my dad. I guess my mom was out doing, uh, getting ready to put on the conference. And um, we heard a knock at the door. And so my dad opened it and the woman asked, 
to speak with me. And now remember, I'm like 12, I think 12, 13 years old. And he lets her in because he thinks it's one of my mom's friends who's here for the conference. Cause we had had people coming in and out of the house and she comes and sits down, introduces herself to me. I have no idea what her name is. I can't remember to this day and tells me that she's from Pennsylvania. At this time we're in Minneapolis, but I have that, you know, uh, PA connection. So I'm like, Oh wow. How wild she sits down and she proceeds to read me the Akashic records and tells me all of my past lives and tells me that I am meant to be a healer within this life and includes all the divine connections of how I start very young with an onset of depression. And it is very hard for me to find a place within my community. I find a place within my community within every life by becoming a healer. So it took many years for me to figure out where my place was as a healer and to understand that that woman, uh, because when later we asked, I asked my mom and I asked my mother's friend who was putting on the conference, who was this woman? They said, I have no idea who that woman was. I said, what do you mean? What do you mean you don't know who this woman I don't know who that woman is. And I don't know why your father let her in the house was the response (laughs) from my mother. And um, I get chills telling the story. So it really was a divine walk-in. And it was the, the affirmation of, okay, you are going through this, but there are always going to be people supporting you on this side and on the other side. So it was a huge blessing to be able to be energetically supported everywhere I went. And I had a lot of other pitfalls throughout life. I uh, did not do well in a traditional school setting. I was gifted, but um, acted out accordingly and acted out my traumas through my behaviors. So High school, I made it about a year and then was kindly asked to leave. And so I was kindly asked to leave and ended up in an alternative school. And when I ended up in the alternative school, it was like I found all these kids just like me who just were really kind of struggling to find their spot in the world, right? And I had this teacher who, ironically, I had had in middle school. I had had her in high school, and then she was also in this alternative school. And again, another just drop in, like, yep, you're in the right place at the right time. And she really did help to guide me through my schooling. And it was, she's like an angel. And to this day, I still keep in contact with her. And she was such a blessing in my life. And fast forward, I um, go through college. I have this wonderful boyfriend that I had met in um, middle school era and um, dated him on and off. And he always felt like home to me because he was an Italian from New Jersey. And in Minneapolis, um, I kind of stuck out like a sore thumb. It's very uh, Scandinavian. And so I was this short little Italian girl that was loud and, you know, was personality plus. So I never really quite fit in. And he always helped me to feel like home. And even he lived in my neighborhood. So my our families were friends, too, because we all felt like home to each other. So he also never judged me. I was able to tell him all my stories and uh, he honored that. And I ended up doing so well in this alternative school that I graduated a year and a half early and went to college early. So he was a couple years older than me. So we actually went to college together. And then um, after supporting each other and really just you know, finding our way together. Unfortunately, we uh, broke up and went our separate ways, but always remained very, very close. He was like soul family, always. And um, I decided, originally I was going to school for acupuncture. And then I dropped out of school, decided I didn't want to do anything, and then found myself at a YMCA. 
And at this YMCA, I realized I like kids more than I like adults. <laughs> I was doing like an aftercare um, with these kids. And I was like, oh my God, this is it. This is what I'm supposed to do. So changed my major, ended up in education. And then I couldn't find a job in Minneapolis. And my father lived in Tampa. So he said, listen, come down. I volunteer in a school. I want you just to see this school. Let's see how it goes. Fast forward, I end up moving here and get a job. And um, I love it. It's It was something outside of my box that I had ever experienced. It was um, in a very high need school. And at the time I was teaching second grade and it was just, it was something. And it, but from minute one, there was nothing more that filled my heart than being around all the energy of those kids and bringing new things and bringing life to them. It just filled me up in such a way. Then um, after my first year of teaching, I was getting Can ready. I, I'm going to just stop you for one second because I have all these questions that I'm still like way back in the story. So I want to just go go back just a little sure. bit. Just Go ahead. Absolutely. I'm still, I'm still kind of thinking in my head for me, I see everything and I'm back to your mom is holding an angel conference. Yeah, right? <laughs> so, I know. Wild. so your mom was in the business. Your mom was a psychic medium or, you know, okay. obviously she was holding an angel conference. So she, you were very aware of all these things so that it doesn't sound like you were brought up in any specific religion. Then you were just brought up spiritually. Is that correct? So actually I was raised Catholic. I went okay. to, I also, when I was in second and third grade, we lived in Toronto and in Canada, uh, the education is incredible. You're actually able to pick, do I want to go to regular public education or do I want to go to public Catholic school? So my family put me in public Catholic school and because we are, uh, my mom's Irish, my dad's Italian. So listen, we, there's saints, <laughs> there are, you know, every time I, I cross somewhere, I'm doing the sign of the cross. Like there's nervous Catholic energy. There's all that. But even with that, there's still the spirituality on both sides. On my mother's side, filled with a psychic lineage. And even on my father's side, um, they're very open and but I do have these beautiful, beautiful memories of being at um, a basilica in Philadelphia and lighting red candles with my pop-up. Like that was the most, and I get chills just thinking about it. And it echoed like when I went to Europe and um, even when I was older, when I was in Rome, being in the churches and feeling that energy, there's nothing like it. And whether you are spiritual, religious, you cannot deny the energy in the architecture, you know, yeah, and, yeah. and the traditions of it. So I was raised both spiritual and religious. I still wear my saint medals. And, um, you know, it is such a part of me. And one of my guides is the Archangel Gabriel. So it is very, it's, it's got a special place for me. Um, I wouldn't say that my family raised me religious, but they raised me open and they made me understand, um, Buddhism, Judaism, all the different, they wanted me to figure out what I was and they weren't going to tell me what I was. As I said, when I was, you know, young, they made that decision, even though we are this way or we believe this, we don't want to influence her. That's amazing so, that it's amazing because a lot of, you know, a lot of people's stories and uh, people that I've had on the podcast and their origin story is you know, they were brought up a particular way or they were atheists or they were something. So it's, it's nice and refreshing to know that, they they gave you this opportunity and it sounds like you've kind of done a little bit, bit of the of the melding or the melting of the catholicism and what you like and the saints and like having your spirit guide you know my spirit guide i always say is archangel michael i mean i feel like everybody uh -huh. is archangel michael but he's one of mine um but yeah i love i love and you reminded me of just being in a church i have beautiful, amazing memories of many churches, many basilicas, maybe many cathedrals, even temples in India when I traveled, that it's that feeling, it's that sacred space. So you can't deny that. You really can't deny that. So I just, I wanted to just saying, hmm, wait, her mom did an angel conference. Let's go back to that. But 
um, taking you back to know where you are. So you're teaching now, you've kind of found a passion with children and now you're, now you're teaching. So I want to, let's take everybody back. And so are you in your like early twenties at this point, something like that? Um, so even though I went to college two years early, it took me a good eight to 10 years to finish college. So I, you know, it just took me a while. So by this time, I think I'm, I was 24 when I started teaching. So right now, I guess in the story, I'm 25 years old and, um, I was excited. My mom still lives in Minneapolis. So I would go home for the summers and for holidays, whatever, to see uh, family and friends. And um, I was arranging for a ride from the airport to uh, my mom's house. And it was it was June and um, school had just gotten out for me as a teacher. And I had called uh, my ex to pick me up at the airport. And he's like, yeah, yeah, I'll pick you up. You know, um, just call me when you get, when you land, whatever. So um, the next morning I received a call uh, from a close friend that my ex had passed in the middle of the night. And no one knew why, no one knew how. They did multiple autopsies. never found a reason. And he was at the epic age of 27, like so many other like rock stars, random people that just die at 27. And so I went around for probably, I don't know, felt like an eternity, but just so sad and just so disenchanted and just really spiraled right back to where I was in my teen years and fell into all those comfortable old spiraling habits, fell into a lot of different um, things that I brought back as normalcy in my life that were not productive. So I went around asking for him. I went around just pleading for signs and saying, you know, I know I have the gift and I know that you are with me and I need you to show me. So he was a musician. So he would always come to me through music. And a lot of other people echoed the same that he, you know, would come to them through music. And slowly it just kind of started bringing in new things and new gifts and new ways to communicate and new ways to understand. And it also helped me to understand that I was stepping into a new role and I was energetically to help the students I was working with. So it created a different path for me and I ended up... um, going to a different school that was the most challenging school in the county and it had the highest generational poverty in the state of Florida. So it was as intense as I could imagine and it was the hardest year of my life to do so and to get these, you know, 20 plus kids who I'm, you know, don't have basic needs met. I have students telling me stories that you can't imagine, that they're sleeping in closets. And I'm, I'm bringing my pillows from my own bed to give to these students. I'm giving them food. I'm giving them every ounce of energy that I hold, right? And I'm also trying to heal them while I'm doing that and keep them conscious. And I created a curriculum amongst my students where every morning we went through, you know, Uh, some very emotional and social emotional practices and behavior modifications. So then fast forward a couple years, I decide that I want to go into special education because I want to continue with those behavior modifications and I want to target a certain population of students and they were young African-American males. So I worked, um, then I switched schools and I was working um, in a school that serviced uh, housing projects in Tampa and realized my gift there. And I was actually um, 
nominated as Diversity Educator of the Year two years in a row. I was um, recognized by the governor as one of the top educators in Florida because of my test scores, et cetera, et cetera. Then I realize, okay, I am now ready to invite marriage or maybe a relationship into my life. So I go through the practices of... um, I had been listening to Esther and Jerry Hicks, like in my mid twenties. And it was like when they were still on like CDs, you know, and I would, I would listen to them in my car. And, um, I just loved that it was like a channel because to me, that was such a refreshing thing to like hear normalized. You know what I mean? Like when I was younger, um, I read this book by Ruth Montgomery and then I read um, Edgar Casey, and then I read um, Sylvia Brown because she was like the big, <laughs> right. you know, normalizing of it. Um, so anyway, I really started to get into the law of attraction and I realized that I had these abilities and I should use these abilities to attract and become a magnetic manifester, as I like to call it. So I decided that I was sick of being single. I didn't want to do this noise anymore. I was done. And I had finally, I had gone out to a bar one night and I I wasn't a drinker. I was just like, there is not one person here that I would even look at, let alone have a relationship with. So hands of God, within a month, I would walk every single night on Bayshore Boulevard. It was right where I lived. And I would look and exactly create what I wanted in a mate. And I would see people and I would say, that's what I want. That's what I want. That's what I want. That's how I want to feel. And then I would start creating the environment that I wanted it to be surrounded in. And within one month, I um, met my Brian and we got uh, engaged. This was, I met him on the epiphany, which is a big day for me too, January 6th. And um, we got engaged on Thanksgiving of that following year. And um, I realized then that I never thought I wanted to have children. But fast forward, we got married and I find myself in, um, we're on our honeymoon. And we, the first place we go is Rome. And the minute I get into Rome, I see the ruins and I burst into tears in the cab, like, hysterical. And Brian looks at me, he goes, what does it matter? Oh God. You know, (laughs) like, oh yeah, what have I got myself into? What's going on with her? And so, and Brian is uh, very tolerant, very understanding, uh, but he's not, you know, in tune, if you will. So he's, he's always like, what's this about? Um, (laughs) (laughs) I think we marry the men that are, thank goodness. And I can say this as well, very supportive of what I do. This is awesome. Support me, cheer me on. But yeah, I don't, I, I, whatever you do, you do, and I'm going to keep supporting you, but I don't really know what you're doing. (laughs) 100%. (laughs) Absolutely. So yeah. So I burst into tears the minute we get into Rome, he's like, Oh, this is going to be a great trip. Here we go. Um, And I say, oh my God, Brian, I I don't know what else to say. I don't know if this is like ancestor stuff or what this is, but I've never felt this way being anywhere. And we drive past a church and the cabbie points it out. It's like, um, there's these big stairs. I can't even remember what it's called. And it's like on the side of the stairs, like almost in like, it looks like it's in the side of a mountain. And I think it was like a Santa Maria or something like that. And um, he says, well, that's one of the oldest churches in Rome. And I was like, oh, okay, whatever. Anyway, fast forward a couple days later, we're there over Christmas. It's, It's insane. It's beautiful. There's church bells ringing. The church bells are singing the Christmas songs. It was just like magical. Anyway, I end up in this church and, um, I look and I see, um, not a monk, but a brother, like he's all in Brown. And I just find myself by myself. Like, I don't even know where Brian is. And then I find myself in this little room. And in this little room is the Santa Bambino, I think he's called. And it is like the gaudiest, most Gavon uh, (laughs) baby Jesus you've ever seen in your life. And it's a shrine to him. And everyone, I guess, sits in this room and prays to him. And there's little pieces of paper for you to leave what you're trying to pray for or manifest. At that moment, 
I dropped to my knees and lost it. And I realized at that moment, I was bringing in my daughter. And it it was so wild because as I said, I'm not like super religious, but I do have those moments in churches. And within a month, I was pregnant. And it was manifester. You have big manifest stories. Yeah, I I am. And it, it, it does. It just speaks to the truth of if you put it out there, it can come. Like there is no limit to any of this. So fast forward, I decide once I am pregnant that I do not have energetic space for both my child and for the type of work I was doing, because it really did take so much of me. And I am an empath. So it was, it was too much to hold on to, to be able to um, energetically be present for my students as well as my daughter. So I stayed home and I put out again into the universe that I would like to be able to stay home with my Sophia and find a job that I can do at home. So I started doing some like marketing. I started a pet sitting business, all these things, and nothing just kind of landed right. And then I started realizing I was really tuning into spirit again and into a different way. And I noticed also that my anxiety, I had i had really bad anxiety attacks as a child due to the traumas, et cetera. And my anxiety came back. And I always know for me and my path, when my anxiety creeps in, I'm getting ready to go through another level up or awakening or, or whatever you want to say. A lot of women say, a lot of people say that, you know, a lot, there's books re- uh, written on, is it anxiety or is it connection with spirit? Um, matter of fact, I know, um, do you know Pat Longo? She wrote a book uh-huh. regarding that. So she's uh, she's actually a local healer. Um, she's actually um, taught um, the Long Island Medium, right? Teresa oh, Caputo, wow. as well yeah. as a few other uh, mediums. And Kim Russo was one of her students. But she wrote a book specifically on anxiety and how the anxiety is um, exactly what you're saying, that some people, women or men are experiencing anxiety, but it's the connection to spirit and and it's a pushing down. And so, you know, and she goes through the whole, I haven't read her book yet. It's on my list, but you're like the third person that said that to me about, um, feeling that anxiety and then knowing the pattern now that you recognize the pattern that the anxiety is now the connection it's opening up or it's another spiritual awakening. So very interesting. That is interesting. Yeah. She will definitely be on my list to read now too. Um, yeah, I've always been very in tune and knew when something's coming. And I also knew what I needed to do to step back. However, every time I've gone through that, as many others, I'm sure that go through the awakenings, it's not pretty. It's not kind. It's not easy. It's not sweet. It's not, you know, oh, I'm a healer. Everything's so easy. It comes to like, you know, my beautiful magnetic manifesting stories. It is nothing like that. So it is unfortunately very raw, very gnarly and uh, very real. So I realized that once I get to this edge, I'm going to land somewhere different. So I have, um, as I've talked about, I'm a big manifester, and I also was starting to tune into the moon and was starting to uh, bring in some ceremonies into my practices of just writing down and journaling exactly what I wanted because I knew the power of being so specific. And for years and years, my mantra had been, I am clear and open. And then in this uh, ceremony, I said, I'm a clear and open channel for communication. Wrote it down, buried it in the ground, like super hippie-like, and hand to God, within one week, I had landed with no anxiety. I even have, um, when I get really anxious, I have physical symptoms of vertigo. My vertigo was gone. 
And I was able to tune in in a way I'd never before. And so I said, you know what? I'm going to I'm going to go for this. Let me see. So I started giving readings to friends. And they were like, oh my, like, how do you know that? Are you in my head? What is going on? So I realized after doing it um, for years and years, I always thought I was writing poetry. And um, I found all these books from childhood, from teenage, et cetera, and went back and read them and realized it was me channeling. So the way I connect and within my readings is 30 minutes before the reading, I kind of am called to bring in crystals because I'm, I'm also Reiki attuned. Um, so I have a lot of resonance with crystals. So I create crystal grids for my clients and then also bring in random artifacts that I'm just drawn to around my house. And it's always wild. I'll, like, for example, a reading last week, I had this acorn necklace. I'm like, I don't know why I'm supposed to bring this to you, but here it is. I get <clears throat> a uh, text message picture two hours later of her son's pocket filled with acorns. Like, mm-hmm. it's just very interesting things. I mean, it's just one of many stories. But anyway, and then I connect with spirit and I channel and just write everything. So I've realized what I um, have hopped into because I've always been able to connect with spirit and with um, members of the other side, et cetera. But now I realized I give soul readings. So I'm able to connect with people at a soul level and people's feedback is always like, I don't know how you know that, but that's exactly what I'm going through. And that's, those are the exact words. You know, some people will be like, those are the exact words someone said to me. Or um, I get messages from people six months, a year later saying, wow, this is exactly what's happening now. And I've been using your notes almost as like, I I take a picture of the notes, so they have them. Um, I've been using your notes almost as like daily affirmations and mantras. And it's helped me to get through this. Someone just texted me last week saying, I quit drinking. I started this, this, this. It's just, it's such an incredible gift to me because, you know, I, I worked through with children. I've worked through, you know, um, helping to heal them and now to take it to a different place where I'm able to energetically help people and help them to find their next steps. And it's just, honestly, it just feels like a dream for me. It's, 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 it's so interesting how spirit will work with us in different ways. You know, like I, my spirit doesn't work with me like that. You know, spirit doesn't work with me in, in a channeling or a writing. I might write for myself and get different messages, but I don't really prepare, um, for reading, you know, or prepare for Reiki. Really. I have from time to time, but it's so interesting of our language and how we allow them in. Um, my question for you too, that it's coming up is, did you go for development? Did you seek out teachers and mentors? So, okay, or you just so- sort of done your own thing because, you know, there's, there's uh, like, I'll always be developing and I'll always be learning because I want to go deeper in certain things. And I, when things were always fuzzy, you know, I have a Reiki teacher and there's a lineage in that, which I know yours, you, uh, a Reiki practitioner as well, Reiki master right. as well. Um, but there's some people that don't do the development path that are just like, I'm doing it, you know, I don't want to say my way, but you just kind of go by that. And then other people have sought out. So have you felt the urge to seek out teachers or mentors along your path or, or no? So as I said, I've kind of been gifted mentors throughout my path. And ironically, <clears throat> at the last school I taught at, I taught with Lindsay Marino. And right. so oh, that's our connection. Right. Yes. That, that, you told right, me that right. like after, after, right. After we realized. And then, um, so yeah, I taught with Lindsay Marino and I've always, you know, she's, she's a friend and, you know, used to work with her. So we have that connection. And so I followed her throughout the years and she'll give like these wonderful, um, like free Facebook classes, things like that. So I've taken those with her and I will say that, um, excuse me, Uh, during one of the classes, I don't know when it was, a couple years ago, it was like my dive-in point. It was like, 
I just came into, after all that anxiety, I came into the, why not? I'm in, Mm -hmm. I'm doing Mm -hmm. it. So hand to God that day, I went on social media and I said, I am a psychic medium. I am open for services. If you feel that I could help you, please reach out to me. And so that was kind of what opened the channel and opened up. I felt like I tapped into abundance at that point. And it was just like it flooded and I was supported and it flourished. Um, But for me, it has, I think because it is such a generational thing in my family, it has always, um, I've been provided with spiritual teachers throughout life. So I haven't done other than, you know, the Reiki and um, I did do... um, a life coaching certification. So I am a certified life coach. Those were the things I seeked out. And otherwise it's just come very naturally. And I haven't had any sort of, I've taken some like workshops, things like that, but nothing specifically with one teacher, if that makes sense. Yeah. Do you think that this is always like controversial? So do you think that anybody can do this or do you think you have to be born to a, to a, legacy or to our ancestral line. Like, I know that's some people think, you know, you have to be, and I did for a long time, you know, that you have to be gifted and grandma or aunt or mom or so-and-so. Um, but where do you, where do you stand now? Do you, what do you think? I'm really wishy-washy with that one too. It is hard because I feel it's almost like definitely, you know, in my case where you have the lineage, it makes sense. And like, I, I even see it in my daughter now, like I know that it it's set up there, but all children have the ability to tune in, right? It's just when you turn it off and when you turn it off, if you are not open enough to turn it back on later, I I don't believe that it's something that you can just easily turn on and off. I feel that just like it has happened to me and as you spoke on, other people have that sense of that anxiety, but it's what you do with that emotion and how you blur the lines that will lead you somewhere. So for me, it's almost like it's not manipulating energy, but it's how you respond to energy and how you see it. Because for me, through all those awakenings, I felt like the first awakening, I felt like I was in front of the veil and I was just seeing it all. And it was when I was little and it was too much. So I put up the veil again and said, I'm not ready for this. And, um, I specifically said to spirit because the universal laws, and I even knew them as a child that my mother told me if I didn't like something, I could tell spirit that I did not like that. And I was not to be shown that again and to be very forceful with it. And it will not come. So you use that for other people and maybe they saw something or felt something and they turn it off. Well, it's very hard to turn back on if you don't realize these universal laws and you don't realize the power of intention. So to answer the question, I think we are all born with it. However, I do not feel that many people are open to receiving their gifts, which makes them turn it off. Does that kind of make sense? Yeah, no, it does. And I, um, yeah, no, I hear you. And I totally agree about the children. I think every child is intuitive. I think every child is is psychic. They don't have that, uh, the social parameters and they're able to do, do that. So I think, you know, when someone's like, oh, my child's so gifted, my child's so psychic. I'm like, yeah, all child, all children are psychic and gifted. Exactly. And if the parent is actually allowing, like I've always allowed my kids to talk about their dreams and if they're afraid of the dark, so forth. Correct. But where I've changed a little bit is that just a little bit. And I think that, that everybody had to be born into it. You had to be born into it. And I don't see that now. I see people that their parents were never, were not psychics. Their parents were not mediums and they are. And they're, you know, and and I've seen amazing people doing it. So what is that? Did they have a spiritual awakening? Yes. Did they have traumas in their life? They came up the other side. Um, so there is, you're, we're kind of talking the same language. Yes. But right. I also feel that if there's a desire and a need, that um, there's a desire and a need and 
you know, having these awakenings or maybe traumas or not even a trauma, but different experiences in your lifetime that you can develop at different points. And I think also, which is important, is that the way that I perceive spirit or work with spirit may be very differently than you. They may be differently from someone else. And that's okay too. And I think that we all don't have to be a cookie cutter. You know, I think it's um, quite refreshing that uh, you can give a soul reading and channel and connect completely differently uh, than maybe I do. And it's still beautiful information and it's still spiritual and it's connected and it's divine. Um, And there'll be people that gravitate to you and people that gravitate to me and gravitate to somebody else. So that's why I think it's so, it's such a beautiful thing. So I think we're saying pretty much the same language. Um, I've kind of changed a little bit because I mentor um, people that um, it's an ability. So it's, a you know, we want to say gift slash ability, you know, so it's a little bit of that. So it's, it's interesting. And I remember when I first wrote my, you know, bio years ago, it was like, you know, my grandmother had prophetic dreams and then her grandmother, and there was a psychic line there. I mean, we didn't call it psychic then, Um, you know, telling grandma that's having a bad dream. Um, <laughs> right. But, um, no, it's interesting to hear everyone's, um, origin stories. So I really appreciate it. But what do you think is the most difficult thing of doing the work that you do? Like, what is the most difficult thing being a mom now being a wife, being a mom, living in the world, the real world, right? We live on earth and doing what you do. What do you feel for you personally is a challenge in what you do? I would say. Um time and having it be, for me, I just want my energy to be so clear when I come in for a client. And then I've got my five-year-old Sophia right now. We're all quarantined. So listen, we're all in this house together. My husband works at home. I work at home and I've got a boisterous five-year-old. So for me, it really is staying energetically clean. Like she could be having a temper tantrum and in three minutes I have a reading. (laughs) So here we are, you know? And as I said, for my readings, it does take prep, you know, like an hour readings, really like an hour and a half, because I have to get into spirit and this, this, this. And ironically, um, last night spirit told me that I am learning how to double Dutch with energy. So (laughs) double Dutch. I like that. (laughs) Don't you? It's cute. Um, so it, it goes back to like, just learning how to work it and really finding that balance and see what works for you. And, you know, you remember how to do the, how no, to, I always fell flat on my face during double Dutch. So the double girl, Dutch with the two, the, the two, um, jumping, jump, jump jumping rope, jump ropes. Oh my God. I couldn't even say, it. I'm thinking like, I can hear the song double. Du- I think there's a song also. <laughs> so yeah, I got it going in my head now. Double Dutch. That's exactly. Great. So I really feel like, you know, just speaking to, we're all trying to figure it out and figuring out yeah, how yeah. to work with our energies and how to work with our abilities and also how to manage and normalize spirituality because I am a mom. I am a wife. I was a special education teacher turned a psychic medium. You know, people are reacting accordingly also. So most people are like, well, that's no surprise. I knew there was always something with you. I wasn't sure what it was, but I knew there was something. So it is also the reactions of people around me. Um, My side of the family's good. My husband's is pretty supportive, but you know, they're kind of like, Oh, are you sure? Okay. Um, so it is, it's just getting into the, and I'm very big on in our podcast that I have the soul tribes is normalizing spirituality and just bringing that normalcy to say, listen, everybody has their something. And as you said, we all have different modalities, different gifts, different ways we tune in, but let's not judge it. Let's bring this community together and let's embrace each other because there is room for everyone to sit at the table because we all have different gifts and they are blessings and medicine to different people. Like, as you said, you know, you tap in differently. I tap in differently. And we're going to be attracting different people because of that. And that's what's so beautiful about it. And 
it helps you to understand abundance mindset. Like people who are stuck, like, but I'm not getting this client or this, 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 this isn't happening for me. Well, honey, you're going to be stuck in that scarcity because nothing is going to come to you because you're just grabbing and grabbing. And there are two avenues to, you know, make your way into success. But wouldn't you rather be in a comfortable, supportive environment where you can hang out with other people and vibe off them? And as you said, learn from other people, find these spiritual teachers instead of just saying, but I'm not getting this, but I only have one client. I only have this. I just feel like there is room for everyone and we need to welcome everyone and we need to, you know, vibe off of everyone because especially in the spiritual community, like when we find another person, a light worker like us, we're like, hi, oh my God. Exactly. We recognize that. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. And you're right. There's enough to go around and, you know, there's a lot of women in the industry, men too, but I know a lot of women obviously in the industry and supporting and knowing that we all may do it a little bit differently, but we're all connecting to spirit. So I love that. So this has been just a phenomenal conversation. I want, go ahead and share with the listeners your podcast. And I know it's video as well as um, audio. So go ahead and share that with your co-host and I will leave all the information below in the show notes as well. Perfect. Thank you so much. Yes, it is called The Soul Tribes. And it is um, my co-host, Dara Jewett, who is actually one of my lifelong friends. We've been best friends since we were 12 years old. And life has just brought us in and out. And now we are both um, in the same career as mediums and Reiki healers and decided to create a podcast to normalize spirituality and to highlight all the people that are in our soul tribe. And so you can find us at The Soul Tribes on YouTube, on anywhere you find podcasts. And then you can also find me at Amy Dascola Medium on Instagram. And I am also on Facebook. And you can find me on my website at amydascola.com and thesoultribes.com. I love it. I love it. I'm so excited. So I love that. And I love the fact that you are, you know, really just sharing that message um, on your on your podcast about normalizing spirituality yes. and how great it is to have a co-host who's been a, a long life friend of yours. So that's even more fun to, to boot. It's it's such a blessing. And yeah, we, um, you can kind of tune in to see our story, but we do have also a coursework in, in the works that we've written. And so a lot more to come. So we're very, very excited. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure. I'm excited for all the wonderful things to come. So thank you so much for sharing your story and shining your light. And I am just loving the fact to introduce you to my community as well. So have a great day and everybody who's listening, um, go check that out. And I will also leave all the links below in the show notes. So thank you so much, Amy. It's been a fantastic conversation. Thank you. It was a blessing. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Namaste. Okay. Take care.